Season 4, Episode 8 of the Birding Life Podcast. My name is Adam and I'm your host on the podcast where we discover birds and the people that pursue them. Some of the upcountry people might disagree with the next statement, but I record this episode on a chilly winter's night in Durban. What's exciting is the sardines are starting to show up and I'm really hoping that we're going to see some pelagic birds coming a little bit closer so that I can add them to my list for the year. Speaking of winter, keep birds looking great and full of life this winter with Westerman's new wild bird winter mix. Wild birds need a good source of fat and energy to survive the cold winter months. This winter mix has been especially created to provide them with a source of nutrition and energy where natural food sources are scarce. Available at various pet and lifestyle retailers across South Africa, online and in-store. Westermans for the love of birds. And we're also excited to announce that Westerman's products are now available on the Birding Life's online store. We have bird seed, we have feeders, we have suet balls, and a whole lot more. So be sure to check out our online store and get your quality Westerman's products. So today, I'm really excited. We have two fantastic guests. A bit later in the show, I'm going to have a chat to Robin Ansel. Robin is one of my favorite wildlife and bird painters. We hear all about her early life, including the time she spent at 19 years old at Tudy Block in Botswana and her experiences there, all the way to the art that she is doing right now. She speaks about her inspirations, she speaks about the process behind the art she does, and also just shares some stories from the birds that she gets to experience in her day-to-day life. But before that, I'm going to have a chat to Kaylee from Bayala and Yala Breeders. Bayala and Yala Breeders is situated in the heart of Zululand, which if you know anything about the birding there, this is a fantastic birding destination. Bayala and Yala Breeders is a fantastic base for your Zululand birding trips, and you are assured that you're going to see some really awesome birds. What we love about Bayala and Yala Breeders is this is not just a fantastic venue to stay at, but they also cater for the unique demands of birders. Be sure to check out Bayala and Yala Breeders on our accommodation directory on our website. And if you want more information how you can get your accommodation listed on our birding directory, be sure to contact us on info at thebirdinglife.com. So let's hear from Kaylee. Okay, Kaylee, I want to welcome you to the Birding Life podcast. It's really great to have a chat to you. So welcome to the show. Wonderful to be here. Very excited to share some stuff about Bayala. So I've noticed over the last few years that there have been quite a few birding weekends that have used Bayala and Yala breeders as their base. And this says two things to me about you. Firstly, as those who do a bit of research will find that you are situated in a fantastic area for birding. And secondly, that you're affordable. Yes. Um, Yeah, that's right. We are actually probably situated in one of the most perfect spots in Zululand in regards to birding. We are right across the road from Manyoni. We've got Mkuzi Game Reserve across the road, Hlihlui Mfalozi down the drag, Pinda as well. Um, and because we are so ideally situated, we wanted to have um, fabulous accommodation available for local birders to be able to explore the area and do birding. But on a local price. So our accommodation is is fabulous, but it is geared more towards uh, the locals, local birders. So in a nutshell, can you tell us what makes the place so special? 
I think what makes us so special is the fact that we are just in such a prime location in regards to what the area has to offer um, and that we are one of the few game reserves, private game reserves that are solely catering for local birders and local tourists. You know, obviously we've mentioned already the the area that that Bayala and Yala is found in, but we know that Zululand is one of the best places in the country for birding. So what are some of the special birds that, that can be seen um, on the farm? We're actually very, very lucky where we are because you can literally sit on the veranda and you can see a variety of species, you know, from the comforts of the lodge. <laughs> they just seem to be... Um, they enjoy that front area of the lodge with all the trees, the acacia trees and all of that. We've got some fabulous species that we've spotted. There's been the Bennett's woodpecker. We've got kingfishers and flycatchers, sunbirds, gorgeous bushrock. We've even had um, quite, a, quite a few nice sightings of big birds, the Wahlberg's eagle, vultures and, um, you know, all of those. And I mean, because we are so ideally situated with Manyoni across the road, just last week, there was Arnett's chat in Manyoni, which is still there. <laughs> and we were just lucky enough to be so close that we could just pop across and find these also these rare birds that are found in close by reserves, um, which makes it really, really a great spot for birding. It really is. Yeah, I, I'm just talking about that Manyoni connection. You know, it, you've got an event coming up quite now. And I've, as far as I can see, there's there's a night drive in Manyoni as far as I can see. So, you know, what are some of these events you've got coming up, you know, at, at Bayala? Yeah, we've got um, quite a few great events coming up um, because uh, we've got Luleka in Manyoni who do um, game drives. We've had some fabulous um, birding weekends where we've had birders from, from all over and they use Bayala as their base. And then they do epic birding tours in Manyoni, um, right up to MQ's Game Reserve and even to Tembi because it's actually not even that far from us. So um, we've got great birding weekends coming up. We also do a host of other very cool events for kids in the holidays. We've got the junior... Ranger Day, which is coming up now on the 16th of July, which is geared towards the younger generation to get them passionate about uh, conservation and birding and the like. And then we also try fit in other events during the year, like a beekeeping course here and there. And whatever fancies the, the, the target at the moment, whatever people are looking for at the moment, we try, you know, host, use, use Barala as a, as a venue for, for hosting various events. Tyron is part of our Birding Life team. He actually managed to get a fantastic photo of a Bennett's woodpecker at, 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 uh, on the farm. And I think one thing that is really fantastic about your venue, and you've spoken about all the venues that are around Magnoni and Makuzi and all these venues that are around, which are fantastic birding spots. But the one thing that separates you guys from a lot of these places is the fact that you can walk around the farm on foot. And I think that allows for you to get a lot closer to birds and also for photographers, it provides some fantastic opportunities for, for great shots. Yes. No, you, you spot on with that. We are probably one of the very few in the area where you can explore on foot. Um, you pretty much have free reign of the whole game reserve to yourselves when we um, book it out for birders. You can walk, we've marked out some epic trail walks along the farm. 
And it does, yeah. It creates the perfect opportunity for birders to get up close to whatever they want to photog- photograph at the moment. And then we've also busy currently, we had a section on the farm close to the lodge, which makes it nicely, easily accessible. We had a section on the farm that was always pretty wet. So we have officially created a little wet pan there and we're building a bird hide there specifically for birders to enjoy the easy access of birds and to um, attract more of the water birds to Bayala. What are some of the habitats that make up the farm? So we've definitely got um, some open savannas. We've got woodlands, which is ideal for the Bennett's um, woodpecker and the like. Um, and we've also got fever tree forest. Um, and then obviously now with the new, uh, we've got a dam on the farm, which does have um, a host of various water birds, but with the new little wetland um, and bird hide closer to the accommodation, that's going to bring in a whole new array of birds and species and a whole new, creating a whole new habitat. So it's exciting to see what's going to come there. Yeah. So we've spoken about what separates you and what makes you different to the places around you. And a lot of places that you stay at, at night, you're quite restricted. You know, you maybe can stay in the you know, the confines of the camp, but you're not going to see that much. And for birders, there's a lot of nocturnal species that we want to see. So are are birders on the farm? Are they allowed to, is movement allowed on the farm? And what are some of the nocturnal birds that have been recorded? Um, Yes. So you are more than welcome to explore at night. One of the great things about Bayala is that we don't have anything that's going to eat you. (laughs) Yeah, you're more than welcome to explore at night and find those uh, rare nocturnal species but in general we've seen quite a few um you know just over the years just being in and out in the evenings it's yeah it's phenomenal what you actually can find at night and that's a great opportunity to find those species at Bayala with the free range of being able to walk or drive self-drive at night at any time of the night so the sad thing is I haven't been able to come up to Bayala yet I use the word yet because I really want to come up but I've seen photos and the accommodation options look absolutely fantastic. So tell us about the accommodation options available. Okay, so the lodge is, it's a self-catering lodge, seven rooms, sleep 16. Every room has its own ensuite with a shower, aircon, linen, towels, and our staff will do all your cleaning for you. The fully equipped kitchen, an epic fire pit out in the bush. Uh, you've got your bras and gas bras and everything else you're going to need for cooking. For birding groups, we do offer special catering services. So if there's a large group of birders, we're more than happy to do um, all the catering or whatever catering birders do require from us. Happy to do that as well. Um, it's a it's a beautiful spot um, for a nice large group of birders. Yeah, so I think it's a nice place for anyone from bird clubs that's listening um, around yes. the country. If you're looking to do some birding in Zululand and you're looking for an affordable option to book as a bird club or like you were saying, a birding group, it's a really fantastic option. I'm sure if they spoke to you that you'd be able to organize them really good rates and then if people were to book as an entire group. Yes, we've got a special birding rates for birding groups and groups that are affiliated with birding clubs. Definitely brilliant rates for them. So the question I want to finish with is this, is that as we've you know gone on this journey, we've realized more and more that the demands that birders have are very unique. There's different, it's a, it's a very niche market and there's, there's things that birders look for that possibly other people don't look for. So how serious is Bayala about catering for the unique demands of birders and what things are you putting in place to make sure that birders feel comfortable at your facilities? Yeah, you're quite right. 
Our main goal for the upcoming years is to gear Bayala more for birders. So our primary focus is to actually cater for the birding groups. So whatever suggestions uh, birders have that we've had in the past, whatever suggestions they have, we take on board and we take very seriously and we try to implement. So like the one with that little wetland, um, putting in a bird hide, putting in benches in front of the lodge close to, to the water, you know, we're putting up owl boxes. So anything that birders suggest, um, we definitely take on board and and incorporate into Bayala and Yala to make it better for birders. We've got a lot of upcoming projects as well. So yeah, lots to look forward to for birders in the future. Thanks, Kelly. I really appreciate it. So what I'm going to do is I will pop a link in the notes to the show for anyone that wants more information and wants to find out more about the events that are coming up. Um, if you want to find out more about Bayala and Yala breeders and book your next birding trip, check them out on our birding directory on our website. Again, we'll put the link into the notes to the show. And, you know, I've heard from many, many people that have gone up that this is a really fantastic venue and it's great value and you get great birds so be sure to book your next trip at Biola. thanks again katie i appreciate you being on the show thank you for having me it was an absolute pleasure the birding life is proud to be associated with sarovsky optic one of the world's leading producers of binoculars monoculars and spotting scopes as well as the bird lasso bird logging app spot plot play a part download and install the app to play your part in social conservation. We're now going to have a chat to our second guest for this week, one of South Africa's best bird artists, Robin Ansel. As she shares her story, we'll hear how her love for nature has shaped not only her life, but ultimately the subjects that she now gets to paint. This is a great chat that allows us to get into the mind of this artist. So when we launched our online store a few years ago, I was really excited to get an inbox message on Instagram Messenger from one of our favorite bird artists. I'd been following her for quite a while, and she approached us about the possibility of selling our art on our online store, and we were really excited. And it's been exciting to build a great relationship with her over the last, our last year or so. She's been selling her art on our store. But I'm really excited today to actually have a chat to Robin Ansel on the Birding Life podcast. And we can hear a little bit about our journey. So Robin, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Adam. Such a pleasure to be here. So something I'm always interested in, I've you know, obviously got to know you as an artist and we've had a, quite a few conversations over the phone around your art and that. But I'm always interested to know about people beyond just how a lot of people define them. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself besides the fact that you're an artist? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I'm basically born and raised in KZN and I'm just, I'm really passionate about oh, African wildlife and all the bush in general. And I think that's kind of been at the forefront of sort of everything I've I've done in my life, really. Um, and yeah, I just, I love to to channel that creatively and I'm just, yeah, really lucky that I get to do that sort of working as a full-time artist. So when I was preparing for this interview, what was really interesting, and I was a little bit jealous when I read this here, is that after you matriculated, you had the opportunity to live and work in Botswana's Tuli block. Tell us about this special time and how it shaped the type of art that you do today. Being in Tuli block was a really, a really incredible experience. I'm so thankful to have had that opportunity in my life. Um, it was, it was such a unique and special time. You know, Tuli block is, it's really very remote and it's unlike anything we we have here in you know our bush here in South Africa so 
when I was there, I kind of, I went to work at a bush lodge um, to gain some work experience. And yeah, my paints and brushes definitely came with me across the, the Limpopo. It was just a very awesome experience of getting to wake up every day and be surrounded by the things that I find inspiring. And it definitely fueled my passion, not just for, for bush living, but for remote bush living and really being in touch with a wild environment where you are actually totally isolated. I mean, we didn't have, we had no phone signal out there. I didn't even, I think I was I was 19 at the time. I didn't even actually have contact with home. I had, I think we, we could get faxes from the office here in Kloof and that was about it. And I just, I absolutely loved it. I mean, I, I really immersed myself in it and it was a fantastic experience. Just, you know, you're observing wildlife on a day-to-day -day basis and then going back and painting or drawing the things that you're seeing you definitely you know you start looking at everything with new eyes everything kind of clicked and I realized that being in that kind of environment just suits me down to a T and um, yeah that's it's really it was a very very special time in my life. So if listeners are listening and they're not jealous enough right now you oft you had an opportunity after that to work at Nimbiti Private Game Reserve as a guide until 2013 and I know I've gone up there and it's an absolutely fantastic, fantastic place to, to be based. Yeah, for sure. Nambiti was a, another really special time in my life. Um, so after I came back from Botswana, I decided to do my Fagasa and um, I became a qualified field guide. When the opportunity to work at Nambiti came up, I, I jumped at it, obviously. So yeah, from when I was there, I was also kind of just painting in my spare time, which obviously... Anyone who's worked in the hospitality industry knows spare time is, you, you don't have much of it. And it was actually through there too that I started meeting really interesting people. I mean, I think one of the massive benefits of working in hospitality is that you do get to meet a, a wide variety of very interesting people. And um, it was sort of there through chatting to my guests, um, they would always ask, you know, what do I do in my spare time? Um, I said, oh, well, in those sort of couple of minutes you have a, a day, um, I, I told them I would paint and invariably, you know, they asked to see my work and um, I was getting encar like encouragement from my guests more and more, people saying that I should be doing this as a full-time career. And um, it was whilst I was working in Nambiti that I, I realized just how much I loved painting. And so it was, yeah, through that experience, actually, that I decided to take the plunge and start painting full time. So, yeah, definitely another key experience in my life. I think, Robin, one thing that I noticed with your art, and I've looked at quite a bit of your art, is that I can see that you're someone that paints subjects that she's intimately acquainted to you can see there's a connection between the artist and the subject you know not only that but I want to ask you the, this question you know how has I've had a chat to have, I've had an opportunity to chat to Fancy Peacock in the past and he spoke about you know how when you draw birds it enhances and it deepens your understanding of the subject how has drawing birds and drawing nature how has it helped you to connect in a way to your subject and to nature in general in a way that you might not have if you weren't painting and drawing them. 
Thank you very much for the lovely compliment, firstly, and I really appreciate that you can um, see that in my work and make that connection. Um, I think you and I have actually chatted about this before, but yeah, painting or drawing a subject, I think especially with, with my work, because I love, I love details and um, yeah, that's, that's really what excites me about painting. So when you spend hours and hours, and I mean, some of my paintings, my, my oil paintings and that have, they honestly take me months. And, you know, when you spend so many hours a day studying something to the, you know, every little detail, it just enhances your appreciation. I mean, when I, when I look at birds and, you know, the, the feather patterns and just, it is such an incredible experience and it's one of the things I just absolutely love about painting. Um, when you then go out and you're seeing the same, the same uh, creature in the field, you all of a sudden, you become aware of, um, like, uh, for example, I remember painting a southern double collared sunbird a couple of oh, about a year or so back and when I was painting it you know I've, I'd never noticed in viewing them in, in the field that they actually have little orange tipped feathers under the tail by the vent it's it's little things like that that you become aware of and then all of a sudden when you're seeing these birds in the field you you can identify these things in person and it's so exciting or you know the, the little tinker birds and the, the bristles and that on their, around their beak. I noticed that when I was painting them too. And then all of a sudden, you know, you, you're looking at these birds in the field and you, you're looking for those things. And um, it's just, yeah, having a really detailed appreciation, I guess, for the intricacies and oh, the little iridescent feather details and all these things that make all of us um, who love birds so excited by them. Very special experience. And I think, you know, for, you know, not everyone who listens to this will be able to leave here and draw art on the same level that you are drawing on, on. But, you know, I'm sure if we went and spoke about the different birds that you've painted, I mean, when you see those birds again, you've almost nailed the identification down because you've spent so much time studying, not just, like I said, not just that this is a bluebird, but this is a bird and you've seen all the little details on it. And, you know, I think it just enhances your, you've already kind of mentioned that, that the fact that you can identify these birds in a, a much, much better way because you've looked at them in it almost in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, I, you know, it's just, it's <laughs> even, even for me deciding what I feel like painting on a, on a day-to-day -day basis or, you know, whenever I'm starting a new painting, it's so often inspired by, something I've seen in the field or seen in the garden where, you know, it's, it's like the, the unique characteristics and, and habits that birds have and personalities. I mean, you know, you can sort of the, the cheeky or quizzical expression that a, a parrot has, for example, brown, like I'm just thinking of the brown headed parrot that I painted recently. And it's, you know, you, <laughs> it's, you really feel like you start to know these birds on a, a personal level almost. Um, and I, I do, I definitely do channel that when I'm painting or like the little sunbird on an aloe, you know, you, you picturing the whole scene in your head of, oh, you know, what that, that looks like when a sunbird arrives on an aloe and they're always so excited and they seem to love to announce everything they do to the whole garden as well. So yeah, it just, it's the whole, 
the whole scene, I guess, um, that plays through my mind when I'm actually painting. Um, and I like to think that, you know, my artwork can do that for other people as well. If they're seeing a picture of a sunbird on an aloe, they're also picturing the scene as it would unfold in their garden um, or, you know, out, out in the field, wherever they are, um, viewing the subject. So, yeah, it's it's definitely, it's it's more than just, you know, seeing a bird that you like and you, or a picture you like and you paint it. It's it's about a feeling. Yeah, and as I say, I think all of us as birders or anyone who appreciates nature, you want that that whole experience and the feeling that comes with it because that's, that's why we love it at the end of the day. So, Robin, when you were chatting there, one thing that you spoke of, of this seeing the whole scene and, you know, I think that's something that great art does. It's not this one-dimensional kind of drawing that just is a bird on a page. You know, it's almost like this 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 idea of capturing the bird, but when somebody looks at it, they almost get a feeling of the behavior of the bird, the environment of the bird, what was happening around the bird. And, and I think that just takes you know, good art, good nature art to a new level. Like when you like, and I, and I really get the sense that when you look at your, when you look at the art you do, it really connects the viewer, it connects the person looking at that art with the moment when, when you saw that bird. And I think that's a, a very, very special skill. I don't think everyone has that skill when they draw. Yeah, I think that is exactly what it is for me. As I say, I'm, I'm so I'm attracted to the details when I paint. And for example, you know, if I think now just, you know, painting, let's just say a, a bee eater and, um, you know, you're looking at all the scuffs on the the beak and in my mind, I'm then, I'm picturing, you know, how they would catch an insect and bash it against a branch. And it, it definitely, it, it is, it's the whole behavior. And that then, you know, takes my mind to the bush vault or wherever, you know, you might be viewing these birds and also you know like a puffed up feather you can you can picture the scene as as that bird was preening itself or you know maybe it's a really cold morning in the bush when the sun's just coming up and they you know all puffed up and yeah it's it's definitely it's it's so much more than just painting a, a flat um representation of of a subject that's aesthetically pleasing it's definitely about the the bigger picture and yeah I think for me when I'm painting every day in my studio my mind is transported to to that whole scene and it it's it's the whole experience yeah as I said so just to move away from birds for a moment I'm also I'm a music lover I love music I've got a very wide taste in music uh, when I was doing a bit of research for this interview, I saw that you are a music lover. So what styles are you into and what are some of your favorite artists? Uh, also a hugely, a very wide um, array of, of music that I, that I enjoy listening to, especially since when I'm painting for hours on end, you know, you definitely need quite a broad playlist. But yeah, I, I really enjoy, I, I suppose I, I like sort of folksy, acoustic um, type music largely. Um, so yeah, my playlist got, you know, everything on there from sort of Bob Dylan, Cat Stevens, I love Joan Armour Trading, Tracy Chapman, um, sort of the older sort of artists and then uh, modern stuff as well. I mean, yeah, I'm <laughs> also one for to sort of put a bit of <laughs> 
wrap wrap out there if I'm running on the treadmill, something I enjoy, something with a beat. But yeah, I definitely love more acoustic, uh, folksy music, but very, very wide taste there. Yeah, I would I'd have you here all day if I started getting into that, though, I think. Well, I give you real credit, the fact that you're a Bob Dylan fan. I mean, Bob <laughs> Dylan is like, Bob Dylan is a legend. I, I grew up listening to Bob Dylan. We had like those old LPs and that. And yeah, Bob Dylan is one of my favorite, favorite artists of all time. A phenomenal songwriter. Um, we don't know much about his singing ability, but it works. It's <laughs> like, it's crazy. The guy has, I, I know people will shoot me down for what I'm about to say right now, but the guy technically doesn't have a great singing voice, but it just works for what he does. And it's just like, He's got the way of emotion and capturing. It's almost like what you're talking about with your art. You almost he's he's got that way of doing that with 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 music. I mean, another band that I'm like I love and it's not as old as Bob Dylan is Counting Crows. And I think Counting Crows again has that ability to to almost paint stories of, of the songs they sing about. And I, I love that kind of thing. And and you know, funny thing, when I'm doing work, um I'm not I'm not a huge jazz fan. But when I when I'm sitting down doing blog art, because then I normally have have jazz playing in the background, so it's yeah, it's nice having that music that helps you helps facilitate that that creative process. That's absolutely, and um, I, I tend to go through. I'll yeah, like have a week where I will only listen to say Bob Dylan, and then I, you know I don't want to listen to anything else because I'm in that mode and. Yeah, then sometimes I'll even I'll put some classic music on. It's it's all classical music. Um, it's all as you say, just music that that tells a story. That's that's why I love Joan Armatrading as well because she's just such a incredible storyteller in her music, um, and it definitely all just f- facilitates the creative process. So you've painted some amazing birds, and you know. I've- you know, been had the opportunity to look at a lot of your art, and I'm off. I'm blown away. We've spoken about the way you can capture the the moments and the detail on the birds and all these kinds of things. But what are three of your favorite birds that you have painted, and why are those three so special to you? Yeah, that's a, a great question. I think most recently, one of my favorite acrylic pieces would be the brown-headed parrot I painted uh, feeding off the. Erythrina bloom. It's actually a beautiful photograph by Hugh McIntosh. It was on the cover of African Bird Life Jan Feb edition. But I love that. That firstly was a great, just such a fantastic photo by Hugh because the second I saw it, I just thought this this is a Kruger Park parrot and most likely at Pretorius Corp. And again, just talk about a you know the the whole scene. And when when I did chat to Hugh about it, he said it was taken at Pretorius Corp. But I just love the it's it's a, you can really in my mind see the character of that bird. As I say, you know that that funny quizzical look that parrots give you. Hugh just captured that so well in his photograph, and I I love the painting. I was actually before I painted that, I I sometimes just get cravings where I, I just need to paint a specific bird and I just I want to paint the colors and I was just craving that green of the the brown-headed parrot. Also your yeah, more recent piece I, I really love I painted a gorgeous bush shrike recently um, and that is a, a beautiful reference by Simon Price who's an avid birder. He lives up in Leadwood, big game estate. Um, but what I love about that piece is that it's again a fantastic photo just really 
encapsulating the character and the behavior of of a gorgeous bushrack and the way it would just sit and call. So um, its its beak is open in the painting and it's quite, I don't know, I feel like there's a lot of life in the the posture and, again, just beautiful, obviously, beautiful colors, um, striking colors, and it was really fun piece to paint. And then I think one of my all-time favorites, not actually an acrylic piece, you guys stock my my acrylic pieces in, in your shop, um, but I do also work in oils and oils are actually my first my first love when it comes to painting. Um, and I think one of my favorite pieces of all time is one I did of an African fish eagle. And I actually painted that piece when I was working in Nambiti. And yeah, that that is a big oil painting and a really, a really incredible um, reference photo as well by um, my friend Chris Martin. And yeah, I just, I love that piece, the posture, everything um, of that, that African fish eagle is definitely, definitely a very special piece, one of my favorites. So I think if I had to, had to choose three favorites at the moment, um, that would probably, probably be, be them. So something you have something I've been following on Instagram, which is quite interesting, just to go back to the more birding side of things. You don't live near the sea, so there's been no albatross sightings, unfortunately. Um, if you do get an albatross sighting where you live, it'll be mega. But you know, you've I've, I've read about some of your sightings, not only with birds, but also with other other animals in your garden, and it's or, or watch seen them on Instagram. So tell us about some of these special encounters you've had in your garden. Yeah, you know, my husband and I are so lucky where we live. Um, we're in Winston Park and um, we actually, we live up on the side of a very deep valley. We have a beautiful view out and we can actually see, we can see all the way to the sea. So I suppose an albatross sighting is not impossible. But um, we really do have incredible bird life and as you say just wildlife in general around um, around here we are so lucky with the raptors that we get here I've had some incredible raptor sightings we've got you know, resident crowned eagles long-crested eagles jackal buzzards I've seen um, palm nut vultures flying over once before which was very exciting and then yeah as you say not just the birds I had a resident uh, slender mongoose in my garden for about six months she was here continuously almost every day and um it was she yeah sort of frequented a a log just outside my studio and she was incredibly relaxed um in my presence so i it was such a treat just again just getting to know that that personality and watching the interaction between her and the the garden residents or the birds it was yeah she actually this, on a few occasions actually came inside my studio she's very curious and um yeah it's just such a such a treat to have all of that happening around us and I think I love what I love most about the bird life in the garden as well it's just the whole procession of the day I'm I'm someone in in summer especially I'm awake before the sun comes up because I love 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 that time of day it's just so beautiful and calm and still and um, I've really got to know the birds in and around our area so you know at, from about 4 30 you can hear the wood owls down in the valley and then the night jars are inevitably calling as well and then as the sun starts to come out 
you know, the Natal spur fowls and then the Cape rock thrush is always the first one up perched in the tree. And then, yeah, just the, the pro progression throughout the day of the different visitors that come um, in. And then, yeah, those not last sort of crepuscular activities of the little Cape Robin chats in the evening. But all of that just, I think, yeah, I, my studio doors are open in, in summer all the time and I sort of immerse myself in that and it just goes hand in hand with my painting and the painting process. And yeah, definitely very, very lucky to live where we live. So just a last question, and this is very practical. For those that are looking to start painting birds in nature, what are some tips that you can give them to better capture what they see? Yeah, that's a, a great question. I think, firstly, definitely, I, I, the first thing I would say to anyone is paint the subjects that excite and inspire you so for you Adam I would say paint an albatross because <laughs> you would that would be um, where you would get the most enjoyment the, the thing to remember with art as well is just that there is no right or wrong so you know how you go about it it's really up to you um, and I think yeah just take it, it's it's a I suppose a bit of a, a hard one. It's a bit of a broad question to ask um, to answer, but um, yeah, for me, painting is so much trial and error. You learn as you go. So definitely, I mean, if I look at pieces that I painted right in the beginning, um, especially like when I first started painting in acrylic, which is a very recent thing for me, I see how much I have developed my technique. From there and you know, as I say you, you're going to learn as you go but definitely the, the key factor is to just paint the things you enjoy because I think you can tell immediately if, if someone is painting something and they, they're painting it for other people not for themselves if that makes sense and yeah to anyone who who is really keen on or wants has a, a, a yearning to paint and doesn't know where to start I would say you know find yourself a teacher and someone who can sort of teach you the, the basics and then from there just develop your own style. Um, I think that's so important just to develop your own style and, and do what feels right to you and as I say there, there's no right or wrong so it's a creative process that's supposed to be fun um, and it, it is just such a wonderful way to further explore the subjects that you are passionate about, especially if it's, you know, birds or nature or whatever, when you start painting them, your understanding um, of the subject just just grows. Um, yeah, just grows so much. And you, you know, you'll notice little things when you're painting that you think, oh, what is this for? And you'll, you'll want to research the subject and learn more about it. So for listeners that are looking for Robin's art, it is available on the, the Birding Life's online store, including her Two of her latest paintings, the brown-headed parrot and the gorgeous bushrike, um, really fantastic. There's gift cards there. There's normal cards. There's um, you can just buy just just buy the print, or even better, buy it framed. It's a fantastic um, gift for someone, and I encourage you go check out um, Robin's art. It's um, well priced, and you're not going to go wrong. It's going to really going to make some great gifts. And you know, we say, <laughs> I know it's June. 
but you know, we'll be talking in a while, but Christmas is just around the corner. So um ready and <laughs> start stocking up and getting some gifts. I know I want some of, I want to get it when the, especially when the albatross comes and I want to put that on the wall. I can't wait. Um, but Robin, it's been fantastic to chat to you and I really hope we're going to, after this interview, we're going to hear a lot of people going and checking out and lots of people are going to be ordering your art and putting it on their wall. But thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Adam. I really, really appreciate uh, you taking the time to chat with me. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this week's episode. Please take some time to check out the other resources that we have on our website. If you have any questions or comments, please drop us an email on info at All relevant links from the episode can be found in the notes to the show. Until next time, be blessed and happy birding.